1: cultaholic classic raw review as the other cultaholic lads are busy getting ready to deck their halls you filthy boys we are here via our icapro powered delorean there is no thanksgiving turkey leftovers here but whoa do we have the warmed up cold cuts that is monday night raw during the new generation era and who be we Ivy, fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion Todd Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic, the man that whom on Thanksgiving Day, Lord came to him and bequeathed him a pencil and to which Justin Henry took that pencil, pushed it into the gizzards of the turkey because he needs a pen and only a pen. For, like our founding fathers, he gets it right every time. Spoiler, they don't. He is Justin Henry, and he is out of Off of America.
2: I'm starting to suspect you have no idea how Thanksgiving works.
1: Not a Scooby-Doo, mate. I think I, I feel like it's a dress rehearsal for Christmas.
2: Uh, kind of, but not so much this year since less places were opening early for Black Friday. They're just having their standard opening hours, so, it's, so that you don't have Yahoo standing in line all hours of the night and possibly breathing on each other.
1: The sad part is that means that we don't get Ardy Reynolds' trip to Black Friday, which is always a highlight of the podcast world.
2: Well, he could always just... um, and just watch more Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. I mean, That's his other that. secret passion.
1: I, he does love a good Christmas movie on the Hallmark Channel. He does, certainly yeah. does. Did you have a lovely Thanksgiving, by the way?
2: I had a very lovely Thanksgiving. Just a low-key affair with the immediate family. Watched a little bit of football. Watched the parade with... No attendees on the streets of New York City, just floats going by with nobody to watch them except for the TV audience. It was it was kind of like watching uh you know wrestling today.
1: <laughs> it seems eerily similar to it, eerily similar. Well, we're we're glad to have you here today. Now the the turkey has settled because we are now going back to 1995. If this is your first time discovering this illustrious podcast, this is where we go back and we explore. Monday Night Raw from its very beginning to its bitter end, or indeed ours. A little bit of uh, admin before we go any further into the podcast. The current date that this is being broadcast on is Saturday, the 28th of November. Next Saturday, you will have an episode for the 5th of December. Then you will have an episode for the 12th of December. And then that is the end of the Classic Raw review for the year. So after this, there is two more episodes that you will hear, and then we'll kick it off again in the new year. But we are bringing back an old friend to replace it, but more on that next week. We'll give you all the details on that next week. Are you excited for Christmas, Justin?
2: Not in that tone of voice I'm not, but yes, I'm excited for Christmas.
0: (laughs) Are you excited for Uh, Christmas?
2: You know, I I should point out that, with two more episodes of Raw for this year after this one. The first show we do in 2021 would be the WrestleMania 11 watch-along.
1: It certainly will. It's almost like we planned it that way. It's all... we, we didn't. It's just happenstance. But we'll pretend that we did. <laughs> Happy accidents. Oh, what a, what a miserable accident that is going to be. What a way to kick off. A... Hey, do you know what? 2020 has been a bin fire. Hmm. So it seems appropriate that we kick off 2021 with the worst WrestleMania ever. Oh, God, we're going back to watch nine. The second worst WrestleMania ever. <laughs> for the 15? The third WrestleMania. Actually, I liked 15. I'm going to be a better obscure what? company. I liked WrestleMania. I think because there's the nostalgia has a lot to answer for here. Because that was my return to wrestling. Because we're in this doldrum uh... period now where I'm not. It, young Tom, at the age of 10 or 11, is, is drawing a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's, he's, uh, he's cautiously trying to chat up Heather Wilson from his science class, but he's, uh, he's not watching professional wrestling, but he picks it back up again in 1999. And, uh, and that is where we go from here. Uh, but so, uh, that's, there's a so nostalgia has a lot to answer for. Uh, I
2: was going to say that was, there. that was the worst thing that happened to Philadelphia since, since Carson Wentz lost all his spatial awareness.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Well, okay, we're going to kick off 2021 with a a particularly bad WrestleMania watch-along. You lucky thing, you, you lucky thing. (laughs) But we've got a few weeks of wrestles to get before we get there. Where and when are we for the Classic Raw review this week, Justin?
2: Well, we have a new taping. And for the first time ever, Monday Night Raw will emanate from the Golden State. The state of California, the home of SCU, although this is Northern California. This is not SoCal. This is no Cal. <laughs> it is March 13th,
1: 1995.
2: We are airing live from the Memorial Civic Auditorium in Stockton, California.
1: Oh, and I am a big fan of this venue, partly because it's in Stockton. And Sto- there is, because there is a Stockton in Teesside, which I'm very familiar mm. with, up in the northeast of England, in the north of England. A mm. uh, big fan of Stockton here in the, U- in the UK, and I'm sure that the American Stockton has plenty to go for as well, doesn't it, Justin?
2: Oh, sure. They opened one of the doors and all the London fog rolled inside,
1: apparently.
2: <laughs> Down of course of this tavern.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, we'll get to that in a bit. Justin's going to talk us through this episode. Of Monday Night Raw. But I'll give you a little bit want to talk
2: it down, is what I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> You're going to talk down and across. <laughs> Justin will breeze in like the fog during this taping in just a moment. Uh, but just to give you a few headlines from the wrestling world <laughs> in this particular week. It was the week that Celine Dion Think Twice and Madonna Take a Bow continued their stronghold on top of the UK and the US singles charts, respectively. Um, God, people have no taste. I know, right? Outbreak! Starring Dustin Hoffman, (laughs) Rene Russo, and Morgan Freeman hits the cinemas. All right. Yeah. Are you familiar with Outbreak? I am now. Hey, get in. And uh, (laughs) how's this for an obscure video game this week? On the Nintendo Game Boy, Mario's Picross? 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 Spell it. P-I-C-R-O-S-S. I
2: I have never heard of this (laughs) game in my life.
1: you never heard of Mario's Picross?
2: (laughs) I'm looking it up now.
1: Ah, uh, it's, it's a real, it's genuinely a real thing. Okay,
2: well, I, I found it. It has a wiki. A 1995 puzzle video game for the Game Boy, developed by Jupiter and Ape, and published by Nintendo. It is a combination of nonogram logic puzzles.
1: Huh. There you go. And who said Mario, all Mario games were good?
2: Well, it got a 75.3% rating from game rankings.
1: Well, I wouldn't trust him. You wouldn't? <laughs> Not with that one.
2: It says they received positive reviews, oh. but sales were lackluster in English-speaking regions because people who speak English hate, hate having to think while they play games.
1: I just think no one knew what Pie Cross was. <laughs> I think that confused them. Now, if it was Pie Cross, they would have been all over it. Oh, I'd have been deep into that bad boy. Meanwhile, in the wrestling world, uh, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom are on the scene, Justin, they're backstage at WCW.
2: The Beverly Brothers...
1: Beverly Brothers looking for a gig. They were at the tapings in street clothes. They, they were talked with again about doing a baseball player tag team gimmick. Really? Yeah. This obviously never came to fruition, did it, sadly?
2: Well, because they were still on strike, so they couldn't do anything.
1: Hey, that's true. <laughs> uh, also, uh, WCW want Kurt Hennig to be one of the four horsemen.
2: Well, wait about two and a half years, and we'll see how that turns out.
1: We'll see how that pans out, indeed. Uh, the problem always ends up being Henning's asking prices, Dave Meltzer. He's quite expensive.
2: Well, he 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 is perfect.
1: There you go. You have to pay for perfection. Exactly. Uh, in the world, also. Oh, this now, I've got to know what you know about this. Uh, mm-hmm. WC. Now it looks like it's all it's sort of stopped before it even started, but WCW were looking to run. A UFC-esque tournament.
2: I did hear something about that. I think Bischoff may have... um, I can't remember if he was involved with the UWFI in some way, but I, I remember this kind of being a thing. Hold on a second. Let me just do some quick research...
1: Now, from what I gather from The Observer, it was it, it, with this point in The Observer, they said that it wasn't like it was going to happen, but it looked as if it was going to be UFC-inspired, featuring a ring with no ropes, and in conjunction with K1 promotions. It may still happen in September, but don't get too excited.
2: Um, well, it would have been very fascinating if it happened. I heard it was supposed to be in Japan, apparently. It was... um. I just pulled up Scott Key's for of this particular observer because I remember hearing about this. I just want to see if he had any context. He said it may have involved a Noki. It may have involved uh, in like, a Noki k ones combo show, but the whole thing was just – it's probably just more hot air than anything and just never really panned out. So, so basically it had been like just men killing everybody, right?
1: I mean I would have bought that pay-per-view.
2: Well, it's like buying an expensive snuff film.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it would have, I feel like it would have been the only wrestling show that would have ended up on Pornhub. <laughs> it's, somebody's, it's somebody's kink, isn't it? It's somebody's. Uh, from the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation, WWF are still advertising in trade journals for new announcers. A young, hip, fresh Jim Ross just isn't enough for them, and they're looking for new voices for Raw.
2: I refuse to believe that Jim Ross was ever young.
1: <laughs> I think he was always at like the same age, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, kind of like 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 him and Arn Anderson are both part of that same tier of people who were just like and Greg Valentine who who were just always middle age.
1: John, can we have for your first? You start off at ten. Um, can we have Jim Ross, Arn Anderson, and um, the Hammer, and Greg the Hammer Valentine in their school days? Thank you very <laughs> much.
2: Orange shaving in like
1: sixth grade. On, <laughs> did you finish your finger painting? I don't want to blow my own horn, but toot, toot. Finish my finger painting. Well, I was never much for finger painting. <laughs>
0: it's never
2: really a hobby of mine. I remember when I was four and I killed a deer with a pocket knife.
1: <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but just. For- four kids at his school hospitalized with what is written down as a painful but incredibly crisp spine buster
2: <laughs>
1: great or, form.
2: and it gives the teacher a cord buster <laughs> <laughs> no, no no what happened was he faked a punch and the teacher ducks so orange just DDT'd him typical Arn fashion
0: that's
1: a great Arnism I like it
2: Arn was never actually born he just emerged from the woods one day on a horseback holding up four fingers that's like a postage stamp image.
1: Can we can we send something into the uh, the Arn Show mailbag to confirm that or deny that?
2: <laughs> How old were you when your when your beard grew, on
1: How old were you when you moseyed in from the woods?
2: <laughs> no, he he rode intrepidly out on a horse. Is what he did.
1: <laughs> I'm somebody's it's like son. A, it's like a painting. <laughs> Curious curious case of Benjamin Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Just he never ages.
2: Well, you think I'd be aging reverse by now, but no.
1: (laughs) I'm just stuck in limbo. (laughs) Uh, In the world of the WWF, television tapings in Fresno and San Jose were cancelled due to weak advances. Uh, this mm-hmm. is not a strong look with the WWF going into their biggest show of the year. They're having to cancel shows because nobody wants to come see them.
2: Uh, TV tapings were canceled. Wait, wait, hold on one second. <laughs> so what do they do for superstars and challenge throughout the spring? Then I
1: they think they just, like, just rehashed, Todd like, Pettingill like, in a shed.
2: In <laughs> oh God. Who the hell would want to watch that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I don't know what they did for those ones. They must've just, they, whether or not they're just taping in bulk. Like, excessively in bulk. Well, we must have, like, an
2: emergency taping somewhere, I would think.
1: Oh, they, they are... Re- you know how we always refer to these tapings, like, whether they're fresh out of the oven or cold cuts? Superstars is going to be, like, something wrapped in tin foil at the back of the fridge that everybody's too frightened to open. It's going to be that, isn't it?
2: <laughs> it's the mystery meal. It's
1: like, oh, let's... Hang on, let's just... Did I ever tell you about the, the, the Tupperware full of brown that I had?
2: Um, Tupperware full of brown, you said?
1: Yes. <laughs> I like how you checked to see, or oh, maybe Tom's Skype wasn't working. It sounded like he said Tupperware full of brown. And I did. <laughs> it was when me and Alex were moving house and um, we were cleaning out the freezer. And in, literally at the back of the freezer was this Tupperware container. And it was just brown, like f- frozen solid brown. And neither Alex or I could remember filling it. To the point where we went, what if this was left here from the last house? We don't know. <laughs> and, um, Did you taste test it? Yeah, we cooked it up. And uh, <laughs> it was like a, a, a... Now, I tried a bit of it before going, I'm going to probably just chuck this away. Because neither of us can remember its true origin. But it smelled like onion soup. So I think it might have been an onion soup. But I'm not sure. So who put, so who put it in the freezer? God knows. I don't remember doing it. I don't even remember making onion soup. Alex doesn't remember making it. Not, a, not a clue. Not a clue. So get out of the house. <laughs> it could have been the former neighbors,
2: uh, <laughs> or the onion soup demon.
1: Oh, <laughs> what would that look like, John? Hmm. Eat the soup and get out.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna
1: put you in a dress and hurt people. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was so. So we're going to get on Superstars, the wrestling equivalent of the Tupperware full of brown, whilst these tapings are cancelled.
2: <laughs> okay, so I think I may have solved the um, taping conundrum here. Okay, I pulled up the Superstars results from 1995. Thank you, Graham Calthon, for your diligence with maintaining the history of WWE.com. Um, episodes ran through March 25th that were taped in February. Then the April 1st show was just a hype episode, like a, a typical like. And main is tomorrow. Here's everything you need to know. And then after that, they just start, they'd start doing tapings after Mania and airing almost immediately, which became the norm going forward.
1: Ah, uh, that makes sense now.
2: So they weren't in too much limbo as a result.
1: Okay, okay. So, so they're they're putting the Tupperware Brown back and waiting for another occasion. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's good. It'll end up in something. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> Carl Pierre Houlette reappearing on television. Oh, yeah. As is in his new guise as a pirate. It's exciting, mm-hmm. isn't it, Justin Henry?
2: I'm stoked.
1: Oh, man. This is the guy that just keeps on keeping on, isn't he, PCO?
2: Well, as, even to this day. Amazing. He's like, I man's in his 50s, and he still wrestles like he's in his 30s.
1: I'm not going to say too much about it, because I feel like we'll have some fun talking about Carl Pierre Oulette or pirate Jean-Pierre Lafitte from New Orleans. When he makes his official Monday Night Raw debut.
2: But he's, he's from New Orleans?
1: Apparently, yes. What, according to Meltzer, says. There are no American
2: pirates. <laughs> Except for Steve the Pirate from um, Dodgeball.
1: <laughs> he's definitely a real pirate as well.
2: Oh, well, yeah, because he's Steve the Pirate. and He's on the
1: Dodgeball team. <laughs> right, those are the notes for uh, this week on the Wrestling Observer. We now hand over to Justin Henry. Who will talk us through Monday Night Roll for the thirteenth of March nineteen ninety-five.
2: So we start with a coked up Vince McMahon promoting a match between Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler. I mean he comes in hot with his intro.
1: Die, die! Like, Jesus. He really goes for it on the growliness, doesn't he? He hit the ground running on this one. Mm-hmm.
2: We get a full two-year-long rundown. I oh, mean the video's not two years, but the highlights therein date back two years. Of all the animosity between Brett and Lawler. And then things go quiet for a bit. Beginning in the fall of 93. And pick back up a long time later. We don't explain why obviously. But then we get to the recent comments Lawler made. Where he calls Brett prejudiced and racist. Which really come out of left field. And are a very weird attempt to justify a feud between Brett Hart and a Japanese wrestler. Hakushi that being. And of course they leave in the part where Lawler uses the phrase slanted remarks. About referring to what Brett made. Apparently had said about Hakushi.
1: Jeez. No, it's just so daft. This whole thing is like, the, there has to be better ways to get to Bret Hart versus Hakushi.
2: You say you're the best in the world, but who have you beaten from Japan? Because they have wrestlers too. There, simple enough.
0: <laughs>
2: and, and plus, it could have said we the Bret versus Minoru Suzuki one day.
1: That's, ah, uh, yeah, that's true. We're holding off. We're holding fire. <laughs>
2: the battle the battle of the bitter middle-aged men would you want to watch that match
1: yes um, <laughs> if I was especially bored yes as long as, they ha- as, long as there is a um, an RF video that comes with it where they just shoot for four hours <laughs>
2: it's a former team called damn kids <laughs> <laughs> and no one talks back because Suzuki's on that team exactly also on tonight's show, we have uh, Eli and Jacob Blue versus the 123Kid and Bob Holly. Now, remember, they promoted this match. <laughs> they said this match was going to happen. We'll get to that.
0: <laughs>
2: but not before Vince calls it, Eli and Jacob Blue, quote, a tremendous tag team from the Appalachia region of the United States. That is a, like a run-on sentence without being a run-on sentence.
1: It's a, it's an interesting one.
2: He had to squeeze that into a quick intro because it was, it was that important to him. But but the real highlight of this opening video is Vince goes, plus an action, Double J, and it cuts off immediately to the opening song.
1: What else like, did he say about Double J there? <laughs>
2: <and> <laughs> Maybe he revealed too much. <laughs> he didn't shut his inner monologue off in time. <laughs> so, the great part of this is that... uh. We start off with Eli Jacob Blue versus 123Kid and Bob Holly, but there's a problem, Tom. What's the problem, One, two, Justin? Well, the problem is the 123Kid and Bob Holly are not here. <laughs> what? Apparently, apparently, in real life at this point, there was a really bad situation in Northern California with flooding. And it, it appears that the two are stuck in traffic. Well, this is according to Vince. Hang on, I'm pulling that observer up right now because I have a feeling there may be some chicanery afoot here. Well,
1: I know that there was terrible weather around that time. which could yes. that I can tell you why um, Lou Albano wasn't there. He was fired. No, he was still with the company, apparently, according to Dave. But they didn't want to fly him in for just this one match because they're trying to save money.
2: Oh, they're it, cheap.
1: And they're, they're cheap <laughs> buggers. So, consequently... They just, they just said, "Oh look, if it's just if if the Hedrickers are just doing this, can't be asked to fly him in. Just, just stay at home." Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, I just pulled the Observer up right here. Meltzer writes, "On television, they announced that especially one year, either kid and Bob Holly against the Blue Brothers, but Kid and Holly weren't there,
1: although they actually were." Okay, so what's that's an odd one. <laughs> uh bait and switch. Yeah, because we're all here. For that sweet, sweet Kid and Holly tag team action, wouldn't you be? Oh, I just hey, hey! Oh my God, think on okay, this, Fat Albert. Think on <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Don't do a drug. Um, think on this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, WWF talent uh, uh, said they were going to be part of the show, pulled from the show once the show was underway. Who else was in that match? Rikishi. Yes. This is where he got the idea. (laughs) (laughs) To run down Steve Austin.
2: (laughs) I did it for Bob Holly.
1: (laughs) Nobody's talking about the great NASCAR Hope. I did it (laughs) for Holly.
2: (laughs) I did it for Dale Earnhardt. (laughs) So... So it's the Blues versus the versus the new head shrinkers. At this point, I guess they're just the head Shrinkers since they've can't be new for seven months.
1: They're just accepted now as the head shrinkers. This is uh, this is the first time we're seeing Jacob and Eli Blue on Raw, is it not?
2: Second, because the first time they were they were um, they were beleaguered by the camera after that one squash match.
1: Yes, and Zeb had, they were. And
2: Zeb had to pull them away. At sure least we got were. Zeb here.
1: Yeah, nice to have Zeb there. Nice to have Zeb there.
2: Cornette informs us that all four of them are as crazy as bedbugs.
1: <laughs> do they bite as well? Is that what they're saying?
2: Well, the Hedgengers probably do. They've done it before.
1: That's very true. And
2: Vince has the audacity to say that the tagging competition is heating up in this company. <laughs> the sheer balls of this guy.
1: Define heating up. Is it just because there's now more tag teams?
2: Well, it's like... It's like spoiled food out in the sun. I mean, it is heating up, <laughs> but but it doesn't really mean anything.
1: It's like a Tupperware brown out in the sun. It's it's heating up, <laughs> but, but no one wants it.
2: <laughs> it's like radioactive at this point.
1: <laughs> it's glowing. It's smiling at you.
2: <laughs> it's sentient. <laughs> so we have we have more discussion of men on a mission attacking the smoking guns over the weekend to possibly signify a heel turn. OK, so we have four teams. We have the guns, the Headshrinkers, the blues and men on a mission. That's kind of like a tag team division.
1: I mean, it's certainly a division. I'm not saying it's a good one. But hey, if you're going to have tag team titles, you might as well have a, a wide variety of people to fight for them. So I guess there is that.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least they have teams that are uh, who, wear, who wear similar outfits and look like tag teams and are competent enough in the ring. It's unlike today, when they just split everybody up because I hate tag teams, and we gotta create single stars out of, or should create singles mid carders out of perfectly good tag teams. <laughs> like, what's Tucker doing now? Who knows? Exactly. So no Alpha or Albano here, as mentioned. And this is a very smoky arena. It's, I, I know Northern California can be very can be very foggy at times. Apparently, the fog bought a ticket.
0: <laughs> Why is it so cheap.
2: foggy? I'm. I'm guessing it's just probably just it's gotta be just rainy as all hell up there at this point, based on the flooding and all the open doors and just it kind of wafted its way inside.
1: Right, that makes sense.
2: I'm just guessing. That's that's speculation. I mean, Dave lives in that area. He would probably know. It. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> what would he say? Uh, <laughs>
2: and it, it wasn't even a good fog. I mean, imagine with Buddy Rogers back in a. Uh, back in back in San Diego would do greater fog than that um, it was a it was a sustained fog, but, but, but I mean of course you know you can't actually wrestle fog it, it, that's not possible it, does, it doesn't have arms but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my new favorite Dave hook that I've noticed more and more now when 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 Brian Alvarez gives hyperbole and and, and, and Dave and Dave takes it literally that's my favorite poem I am like like and then he jumps off the goddamn building and hits a hurricane runner. Well, he didn't actually jump off the building; it was it was just a scaffold. But um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Steve David... cannot
2: let hyperbole stand.
1: He can't, can he? Does, does, is it be- is it because? And I wonder whether it's because he he is so quoted in the news that he's too concerned if he agrees that he jumped off a balcony that that people will write. Wrestling Observer confirms they jumped off a balcony. <laughs> so he has to step in and go. Actually, no, I have to tell it like it is. Or is he just? Does he just not get hyperbole? I'd like to think that he doesn't get hyperbole or idioms. Like when Finn Balor's going, the cats, you know, the the mice are playing while the cats are away, and Dave's there going, well, uh, they're not mice,
2: they're they're people. <laughs> It's probably a little from column A, a little from column B. (laughs) So, Sandman drinks 10,000 beers, then goes to the ring. Well, it wasn't 10,000. I mean, he'd be dead, Brian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too many cooks spoil the broth.
2: What? Well, you don't know that. I mean, it it depends on their level of effort and contribution. We love you, Dave. We're just
0: messing.
1: (laughs) Kill two birds with one stone. Well, we only killed uh, one bird, but plans (laughs) (laughs) changed. I mean, nobody died. It was a head injury, but he's okay.
0: <laughs>
1: this is all love, by the way, as as Justin said. This yeah. is all love. We love the bones <laughs> off Dave Meltzer.
2: Of course. He's one of the greats. He
1: certainly is.
2: <laughs> so it's Blues versus Hedgefingers and what could be, you know, your ideal mean guy match, as Alvarez would say. We get this vicious clothesline from Sione at the start, which in, in, in typical barbarian fashion is a vicious clothesline. He ends up playing face in peril, which is kind of funny because, I mean, somebody had to, but can you imagine Barbarian being the face in peril? That'd be weird. Well, we saw it here.
1: It is, and it's just an odd... Thing. It. If it was full by Barbarian in peril, definitely. Sioni's a different beast.
2: Slightly. Well, speaking of weird, I know how much you love harping on WF at this point for their unusual television production (laughs) yes and i thought of you when this happened when we get a commercial
1: break during a pinfall attempt (laughs) oh for god i'm so glad you said that i'm so glad you said that (laughs) they just they i'm just fascinated they've been doing this for a year now just like they're still not quite there are they
2: no because you gotta understand at the same time I get it because these guys were trained before, like not to be TV wrestlers per se. They were just trained to be wrestlers. Like the, the guys in the PC now, you know, they're they're more conditioned for like television. It, it's more prefab than anything. Yeah, at least it just seems that way. And like you know, they, they know when when they hit the plancha you, or, or go for the plancha that you know commercial break is coming. As raw rolls on, and it's all it's all it's all just IKEA assembly at this point.
1: I wish more TV mm. shows went to break hit in a plancher.
2: Like, say, Blackish? <laughs> I
1: was thinking friends. I was thinking, like, with, mm. with Joey and, and Ross going, oh my God, what's Rachel done? And then as Rachel comes into the room, Ross hits a topazo with cedar on her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll you be mean- back in a minute with more friends.
2: You mean Ross <laughs> Keller, not Twaddell, right?
1: Either. I mean Geller makes more sense but Tweddle would be funny
2: and we we come back and Chandler's working the chin lock on Gunther
1: (laughs) as it plays oh my god that (laughs) thing that we were talking about before the break oh I'd love the bones off of that
2: (laughs) (laughs) we come back to the blues working twin magic which which is just like the Bella version (laughs)
0: <laughs> Sioni's still in
2: peril. Vince says "Mountain Men" for about the eighth time during this match. In case we don't know what the Blues are supposed to be, no, they're just giant Daniel Bryan cosplayers. That's all they are. You remember the original Wyatt
1: family? You realize that's true. Actually, there is a Wyatt uh, sense to them.
2: Siony gets this nice power slam on one of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume it was the one with the long hair.
1: I think it was the one ah. with the beard.
2: Okay. Thanks for pointing that out. We get double tags, and Fatu is a house of fire. Now, this is the part where I kind of sighed a bit because here you have a perfectly good tag team with Fatu and Sioni. They're just two brutes who can beat the crap out of you and look good doing it. Two men who can work for men their size. Fatu comes in, he's taking both Eli and Jacob, and he starts working in the butt shaking dance moves. And you know, Vince saw a single star in him right then and there.
1: And it's not long, actually, until we get. Uh, a a singles run for Fatu. It is within the mm. next few months.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfectly good tag team. And although Fatu had Fatu was great as a singles, although much later on than this, it just it just it kind of shows the mindset of hey, that one guy's more unique. Let's split them up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something that they still do to this day.
2: Poor sucker. Poor oh. poor sucker. I do see a Fatu Otis similarity here, though, in terms of just. The whole
1: love and life chunky guy. Vince seems to, yeah, I've not, I've seen I've I can see that now. I'd not thought about it before, but yeah, there is certainly a, an element of far too, to Otis.
2: Well, I mean, Otis is mentored by Scotty too, Hotty also. So you see the two cool uh, connection there. Oh,
1: really? I did not know this.
2: Apparently, he does the worm in tribute to Scotty.
1: Oh, that's why he does it. That makes sense
0: mm-hmm.
2: now. In his case, it's the caterpillar. <laughs> I love him. Huh. Huh. Crowd does love the ass shaking from Fatu here, which, uh, little anybody know in five years time, what he'd be doing with that ass.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. You would, they wouldn't believe you if you told him.
2: <laughs> All right. So hear me out. He's going to th- <laughs> gain just a little bit more weight. and He's going to put a thong on and he's going to rub that ass in people's faces. Like they would do that. This is a kid Friday, WWF.
1: Oh, uh, you have no idea. <laughs> I'm intrigued. How many writing meetings have started with, right? Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> right wait there a second bear with
2: i've always wanted to have have, have like a an article or a, a podcast called like called what was the meeting like
0: oh. you just take bad
2: ideas and you try to figure out piece by piece how it got to that point like what was the black scorpion meeting like Oh,
1: so, okay so the black scorpion meeting would have been right i've got this idea for uh you know for an opponent for sting is it Ric flair mm-hmm. uh oh shit um no, no. no. <laughs> Who is it then? It's it's a new guy. It's an enemy of Sting. Is it oh. Rick Flair? No, no, no. It's Sting's a scorp scorpion. The scorp black black scorpion.
2: Black scorpion. Well, I've never heard of this black scorpion.
1: Yeah, he is Sting's old enemy, and he is coming for him. And he's gonna take the title. And it's For not- Christ's sakes is a Ric Flair. No no yeah, yeah, it's Ric Flair. It's but it's not but but we'll we'll put a mask on him. Can he have a spaceship? Yeah. I'm <laughs> how did you <laughs> great minds? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Super, let's do launch. <laughs> Actually a better a better palette in with a spaceship. Oh that's your answer to everything. <laughs>
2: here comes brad armstrong in a spaceship
1: quick hide here comes brad he wants creative quick hide. get under the table he might not see us i saw you move no
2: <laughs> here's the opposite of spectacular as we go to a double count out finish but not before we get my favorite head shrinker spot where they one of them slams Fatu's head into the mat, and he springs right up and throws a super kick at
1: him. <laughs> I I've always
2: loved that spot.
1: <laughs> this will be the the last Head Shrinkers feud, by the way. Yep.
2: This is little to be realized. Because it does lead to the double brawl outside, and Cornette works in the, as you've pointed out many times, the Kiwi boot polish line.
1: Aww. Everybody loves the same phrase. Yeah.
2: It's a double count out and fingers are not long for this world because Sioni leaves and Fatou will be making a difference in another way.
1: Oh, there's a little hook of the tease for you.
2: But even better than that, Tom, is this next video. You see, because we've been kind of downtrodden these episodes of raw. I know 95 is not a good year. But lo and behold, we start out with some Lawrence Taylor comments. We've got the usual self-hype. And he talks about, he mentions the bunch of crazed dogs line. At this point, I'm, I'm just like noticing all the lines that you notice because it, because it, because we hear them the following week. I mean, it, it's not the worst line in the world. But we learned that LT is going to have with him some backup come WrestleMania 11 when he faces Bam Bam Bigelow. He's going to have the Lawrence Taylor All-Pro team. And he, and he does have some notable superstars here from the National Football League. Carl Banks, a former teammate on the New York Giants. Chris Spielman, former linebacker-turned-annoying announcer. uh, Ricky Jackson. Ken Norton Jr., the son of the man who once knocked out Muhammad Ali. Reggie White from former Philadelphia Eagle-turned-Green Bay Packer. Won a Super Bowl with him eventually. And, and... (laughs) Go on, go on, go on. My friend and yours. The recently retired Steve Mongo... Mick Michael. Mongo,
1: Mongo, Mongo, Mongo's coming to RAW, baby. Not only
2: that, not not only is Mongo introduced as part of the All Pro team, but he cuts a promo.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's good. It was. It's good. It's not okay. Well, it's okay. Bear in mind that this is '95, so my level of good is incredibly <laughs> low. And you know what? I think, in that brief bit of time, he gave us more than LT had.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, because Mongo's a little more enthusiastic. LT's kind of just laid back and like, "Eh, I'm I'm getting paid either way. (laughs) You might as well have said that.
1: Mongo's
2: (laughs) Mongo's angling for a job, I think. Oh,
1: good lad. Good lad. He's going for it. I'm excited. Mongo says,
2: and this is a quote, that he's tickled pink (laughs) to be part of LT's pro Team.
1: Nothing says menacing. I like being tickled fake.
2: You know, Mongo was part of the 1985 Chicago Bears, the team that made a rap video called the Super Bowl Shuffle.
1: No, the thing that inspired the oh. Wrestle Rock Rumble.
2: Yes, but unfortunately, Mongo was not in the video. Oh, it. I know. Because we, 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 we he's something really special, if Mongo would take part, but. If you've never seen it, it is worth watching for Steve Fuller's attempt to rap. Steve Fuller being Jim McMahon's backup quarterback, and uh, he comes off like the geekiest geek that ever geeked. <laughs> like, like, him. he makes me look like Jay-Z by comparison. <laughs> so, Mongo has heard that Kam made disparaging remarks about him, and he's not going to stand for that. So, Mongo's going to be at Raw next week. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. Oh,
1: my see what he's all about. God, yes. We're getting a Mongo on Raw before Christmas. 2020's been a bin fire. It's worth it. We've got to Mongo on Raw next week. Not just any
2: Mongo, but the Mongo. When
1: Off I when now, we Paris. started 1995, when we started 1995, so the first day that we sat to record 95, I thought, okay, I've got to so load up the network, go to 1995, Monday Night Raw, and as I'm scrolling down, there he is on one of the thumbnails. Vince with Mongo McMichael. So I'm like oh my God, let's just burn through this year because I want to get to Steve, Mongo, McMichael. <laughs> it's weird because Steve, Mongo, McMichael this year has been like a, like a beacon for me because every time I start to do the, the Raw review, ever since we, ever since we hit 95, mm-hmm. the, the world's been on fire. And right. I keep thinking, by the time we get to Mongo on commentary, we've nearly made it through the year. So I'm moving towards Mongo as each week goes past. Mm -hmm. It's like Shawshank, but with Mongo. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, I'm crawling through miles and miles of piss and shit just to get to (laughs) Mongo McMichael. (laughs) (laughs) What a year. (laughs) Only put it that way. (laughs) Get busy living or get busy dying, baby. I guess I just my friend, Daddy. <laughs> Why they call you Mongo? Why they call you Mongo? Maybe because I'm Irish, Daddy. <laughs> 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 oh, Mongo, get in, mate. Mongo, but Michael next week.
2: Forget the Hogan biopic. Can we get a Mongo one with like Tom Hardy playing Mongo? I,
1: Bwah! Tom Hardy is Mongo, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> or if, or if we get a time machine, Tom Arnold as but Michael. Oh,
2: you can do. Uh, tiny, he's too short. You need someone taller. Oh. Mongo's a big dude.
1: That's true. That's true. If, if he was younger,
2: John Goodman could have done it. Oh.
1: <laughs> just get John Goodman to, to, to play to play his character from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Mongo gone bowling. <laughs> I might just say that Big Lebowski is uh, is a Mongo, but Michael biopic. <laughs> This is a knob, there are rules, baby!
0: <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile
1: Unlimited Premium Wireless. have it to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month So
0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
2: Now we have a promo from the million dollar team. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, it can't, it can't be gold forever.
2: No. By the way, Mongo spoiled something. Because we're seeing Kama as part of the team for the first time. So it was Mongo who foretold it.
1: Yeah, I was... When he mentioned, like, hey, this guy's been running his mouth. Like, I don't remember Karma running his mouth ever. Let alone as part of the million dollar team. Have we missed some meetings? And apparently we have. This must have gone down on Superstars or Action Zone or something.
2: It must have been on actions while while everybody else in America was busy watching the NBA on NBC. (laughs)
0: Because
2: this is actually six days before Jordan makes his big comeback from 18 months of exile. Oh, really? Yeah, so this is a big time for the NBA.
1: So he would have played baseball, and he would have helped the Toon Squad by this point. So now he's heading back to Sweet Joy Basketball. (laughs) I
2: think Space Jam may have been 96, though.
1: No, but Space Jam is a retelling of Jordan's absence from basketball.
2: Oh right, right. It's a biopic. Right. That's true.
1: <laughs> Based on true events.
2: Steve Jordan got one. Why can't Mongo? Jordan <laughs> won a championship for Chicago before Mongo did. There you so, go. Uh.
1: Why isn't why isn't Mongo McMichael helping the Looney Tunes fight the aliens? Why doesn't he have a shoe?
0: <laughs> I'd like love a, a shoe, flop.
1: Daddy <laughs>
2: It's like a flip flop, it's like dragon toilet paper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if Mongo is gonna have a shoe, it would be crocs. <laughs> the, crocs. the mongo ground the mongo crocs <laughs> with socks baby
2: you've heard of the nike air this is the mongo ground
1: <laughs> it's the mongo don't care <laughs> 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 so we have
2: the million dollar corporation here bigelow is cuts in just a generic promo devasic says his team will keep all the all pros at bay Tatanka threatens spielman bunny threatens reggie white kama threatens mongo which you don't do and then we go to a segment that may have been the best part of the show, in all honesty. Vince McMahon interviewing the great Ernie Ladd.
0: Oh.
2: Ernie, Ladd being a, Ernie Ladd being a legendary football player in his own right, turned legendary professional wrestler, someone who achieved in both physical uh, landscapes. Miss pulled Ernie Ladd's uh, football resume real fast, just for a little context. He's a big star in the American Football League of the 1960s, which was the NFL's rival at the time. He was a champion with the, with the then-San Diego Chargers, four-time AFL All-Star. Almost played for a Super Bowl team. If he played one more year for the Kansas City Chiefs, he would have gotten a ring. But he is part of the Chargers' 50th anniversary team, which has a lot of talent on that team, with Tomlinson and such. So Vince is talking to Ernie Ladd, and Ernie Ladd immediately, when, when you hear him start talking, you think Morgan Freeman mm. instantly. It's the same cadence and the same eloquence. He talks about how – but instead of playing the whole babyface thing, he talks about how he thinks LT doesn't have as great a chance as some people might think. He's going to mentor LT as much as he can, but at at this point, he he thinks he's entering a world where where his inexperience will show itself, that Bam Bam has the advantage. But LT is running on pride, and and although LT has the tools potentially to get better in this and maybe be a threat to Bam Bam he's still skeptical of his chances at this point.
1: I really like this this from Ernie Ladd. He kept it real here. There's somebody great mm-hmm. get like great to bring him in. That's great use of your legends that is, mm-hmm. To uh to to have him so they 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 come talking heads on such an important matter. And especially when he's like a football and wrestling standout. And I love the fact that he didn't go, "Oh, LT's going to kick his ass." Da-da-da-da-da, like play babyface. El- mm-hmm. Ernie kept it real and went well, he's in a different world now, and it's true. And it was it was really quite refreshing to Ernie Ladd, who and and, and without a trace of being a dickhead about it, was like, well, look, he's not a, he's not a wrestler. He'll run on emotion, and that'll take him so far. But this is Bam Bam's Bam Bam's world. And I thought that was great. I really liked it.
2: <laughs> Ernie Ladd has this wonderful, like grandfatherly, gentle giant demeanor about him. Mm. But like when he talks, you listen to him because you. You intuitively trust somebody like him, comes off as sage, and comes off as knowledgeable. I had, I had a thought while watching this, as much as I love Gorilla Monsoon, I think Ernie Ladd should have been the president of the WWF that year. Ooh. Can you imagine him making the rollings? I have decided that Brett the Hitman Hart, just that wonderfully, you know, just mellow, but sweet cadence he has
1: yeah i think having him yeah in the sort of the tony-esque role sat behind the chair sat behind the um <laughs> the the desk
2: mm-hmm.
1: that would have been great
2: because it's like like like, like, like tony just had that i mean we joke about tony and we have our fun with him like tony comes off of, he he can be hateable if you like if you really put, put some thought into
1: it who's
2: gonna hate ernie ladd
1: that's true that's impossible Mm. to because even now when he's basically Mm. saying oh the the top baby face for wrestlemania probably isn't going to do very well and we're still going we love you ernie thanks for keeping it real he brings a lot
2: of dignity to just every word he says
1: Mm. no i like him that's a great shout to if you'd had him as a as a in a commissionary position the what now the commissionary position i was quoting mick foley (laughs) <laughs> before i met you today I, I watched the raw i watched raw and i watched the episode for the classic smackdown review which is five years in the future where where cactus jack is the commissioner of the wwf oh yes weird right
2: well he was a great speaker mcfoley mm. and someone that someone that you also intuitively trust because he's so cuddly even though he wrestled among barbed wire and thumbtacks and explosions
1: it's funny that isn't it how he's so warm Mick always had
2: a a weird freaking career. (laughs) And I I mean that with nothing but respect. Agreed. So so this next match is actually very interesting. What seemed like an erstwhile squash match becomes a little more than that. It's Jeff Jarrett in a non-title match with Barry Horowitz. And Horowitz, who at this point is still an enhancement talent, he gets promo time. He says he's been getting tips from Razor Ramon. He admits his record does suck. He has no problem admitting that, but you know what? It's, 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 it's a new opportunity for him. So we begin this match, and Horowitz gets all sorts of near falls on Jarrett. Backslide, inside cradle, three-quarter Nelson. And like, like, oh my god, Horowitz is taking it to Jarrett. He might pull this off. Because anything could happen on Monday Night Roll. And Cornette, of course, gets in another one of his staple lines, which is, Horowitz can't whip cream with an outboard motor.
1: That's a brilliant line though, I like that a lot,
2: <laughs> that's definitely a southern expression and And for once we actually get like a non wrestling related line that actually makes me laugh somehow we get on the subject of Benjamin Holt, who is an inventor who I believe died in Stockton California many moons ago, and while we're bringing this up, he talks about how he he he, he invented a caterpillar uh like a like a landscaping equipment and such it's just so we could plow over the city, which actually which did make me laugh. That is a good line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Cornette, if nothing else, can actually t- tie this stuff in seamlessly with whatever he's talking about. Vince, uh, not so much. Nor nice. Randy Savage. So is, um he's he's maintaining an armbar on Jarrett while rolling through body slams. We have actually a decent little match going here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He
2: keeps working the arm. We learned during this match that uh, we were supposed to be interviewing um, San Francisco 49ers president, Carmen Policy. That interview's been canceled for some reason. God, this show's going great. <laughs> Smoggy arena, wrestlers pulled from matches, interviews not, not taking place.
1: But it's one it's of those great. where if they hadn't mentioned the interviews were canceled, we wouldn't have noticed. They could have just That's carried true. on. They could, you know, just, you can't, we, you know, you, if we don't know it was going to happen anyway, why even bring it up? We wouldn't have said, oh, what happened to that interview if you hadn't told us about it.
2: Well, um, you know, Vince, he, he hates the false advertise and doesn't want to deceive his audience. I said it with a straight face. I can't believe that. Oh,
1: well done, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm crying here. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so Harwood's gets a Kamara lock cradle, gets a two count out of that. Harwood's is kicking Jared's ass at this point. He really is. <laughs> and this is three weeks before Jared's defending the belt at WrestleMania. So, this is. um... Well, that was interesting timing. But then, Barry gets a jumpy knee. Let's go for the V-trigger. Pierce blows his knee out. Shot block from Jarrett. The usual wear downs. Figure four, and Horowitz submits. So Jarrett was losing for a while. But he managed to scrape it together and pull it out in the end by taking advantage of
1: Horowitz's injury. Very sudden change of pace for Jarrett. Jarrett's always so giving in these mm-hmm. matches. And... The, the thing is, the crowd reaction wasn't really there for this because the crowd didn't see what we saw, which is the little picture-in-picture picture, before Barry came out. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not me! The, uh, not Barry, um, but Barry Harwin. <laughs> I wasn't there! Uh, it, was, huh? it was like a little picture-in-picture picture with him saying, I was, uh, I was chatting to Razor Ramon before this, and then Vince and Cornette. Like jumping back in their seat, like like Barry, like Barry Arowitz said, "I've got the Infinity Gauntlet." <laughs> it was just the shock of like, oh, he's chatting to Ramon. Oh, Jarrett's buggered, and uh, lo and behold, he wasn't. And the crowd weren't that into it. But Horowitz looked great.
2: He did, and I had to point out that you're basing this on the assumption that Vince and uh, Cornet would know what the, what the hell the Infinity Gauntlet is.
1: <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I expect too much of them.
2: Who do you think is more likely to have seen the Avengers out of those two?
1: Um, oh, gosh. Jim <laughs> or Vince? Jesus Christ, that's a hell of a question. Jim or Vince? Who's going to see Avengers first? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably lean toward Cornette just slightly. I think you're probably right in the sense that it would probably be, be Cornette. He's more... I, and I don't think he'd watch it. I think he'd walk into a room and it would be on. That's probably how he would consume it. <laughs> Like, I don't think they either are sitting down to watch the entire thing.
2: I was just thinking from the line from that one Dark Side of the Ring, I think it was the Brawl for All episode, where Cornet said, I don't think Vince may has seen a movie in 40 years or something
1: like that. <laughs> There's always... The one I always remember is um, with the Paul Birchall pirate shtick. Oh, yes. And how Vince said, Nobody knows what Pirates of the Caribbean is. And It was, like, one of the biggest films on the planet at the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh man, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just Johnny Depp.
1: It's only Johnny Depp. What are you up against? That's that's what you're up against when you're booking stuff.
2: <laughs> of course. So we now segue into the Jerry Lawler, Bret Hart ongoing brouhaha. You see the the recent Battle Royal. God, isn't this, this thing has got a lot of airplay, this friggin' forgettable B-show Battle Royal.
1: Really has.
2: Where Lawler tries to do the one-foot hop thing to stay in the match. Bret comes out and stomps his foot to be a dick. So we go back to Bret is wearing a backwards baseball cap. And he has comments on this upcoming match.
1: <laughs> Why is he wearing the... a backwards baseball cap?
2: Why not? I do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you make it look cool. Like Brett. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, not so much.
2: So Brett, well, speaking of uncool. Brett is in full, you know, angry Bret Brett where He's, you know, very vehement with what he says. And he's going to, he's very determined. And he says in that vehement voice, You've been nothing but
1: a big giant pain in the butt. <laughs> he said butt. Uh, oh, my gosh.
2: What PG movie is this that I'm watching here? <laughs> Bret Hart in <and> Good Burger.
1: <laughs> Don't encourage him.
2: John, I, w- I want Bret Hart and Ava Goode's part.
1: <laughs>
2: so, Lawler's eluded Bret for too long. That's one way of putting it. But, but, but Brett does inform us that Lull is the disease and the only cure are these fists. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, that Brett Hart's making that threat.
1: I think, like, a lot of... A lot of... Um, for, for a guy who's so technical, pretty much all of Brett's smack talk is about punching a man. What rather is... than stretching. I always think... Okay, well, if it's smack talk, what's he going to say? Like,
2: I can't wait to put you in some wear-down moves. I'm going to stretch techniques... you! Nah. Like... No, it, it, it's, I'm going to tear your goddamn trachea out and make you swallow it. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's
2: there's that. I mean, it's, when you're threatening someone, you're threatening violence, not threatening to show off your technique. It's I, true.
1: I, it's true. I just feel like a lot of Brett's promos go with, I'm going to punch you, uh, when he's well, so technically proficient.
2: If he's talking respectfully about the opponent that he respects, then it's like, you know, like, well... I I know I'm the more accomplished technician. I'm the veteran. I'm gonna wear him down. Like, that's one thing. But he hates Lawler with the with the fury of a thousand suns. And well, yeah. So now we come to a long goddamn WrestleMania report
0: because <laughs> because
2: we are 20 days away from WrestleMania and we gotta go into overdrive hyping this show. We got some crappy song in the background that isn't the old Mania theme. Todd's got his mullet going. Now the problem I have here among many, is that the first thing they hype, and we will see this with Mania itself when we get to it, the first thing they hype are the celebrities who are going to be there. Not the wrestling, not the matches, the celebrities. Absolutely, mate. They think that that is the primary appeal of this, that wrestling fans are, have by and far tuned out and yet to build a new audience by using stars from academia to build the show back up. I'm sorry, I'm just reading through my notes here, and I made myself laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being self-indulgent. That's fine, mate. You do you. <laughs> he says, because Todd tells us that when you call your cable company, that order the pay-per-view, God, what year is this? <laughs> he says to make sure you ask for WrestleMania by name. Was there an issue that I don't
1: know about? Is there, like, another show called WrestleMania?
2: Yeah, starring Angela Lansbury and, uh, and Hal Linden but it's like, it's actually, it's like a poor man's on golden pond.
1: Did, is it now you'll have to pardon my ignorance because over here in the UK, mm-hmm. I think when it came to pay-per-view, it was mm-hmm. a case of call the box office. It was an automated line. It's like press one mm-hmm. for this boop. Thank you. And mm-hmm. then obviously when the advent of digital television, it was press the red button. Boop. You're done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now it's, uh. it's the WWE network bugger off sky and BT sport. Uh But in the 90s, how did you, how did you, Justin Henry, book WrestleMania 19?
2: I think it was just the automated line. You just called at a certain time and it says, thank you for calling Comcast in demand. Your order has been confirmed for WWE WrestleMania 19, beginning at 7.30 p.m. Thanks again for your order. And you either got an ad or it just hung up.
1: Right. Mm. So what's all this bobbins about? Make sure you tell them WrestleMania.
2: I, I do not know. This is if anyone out there is listening to this that's ever had this kind of issue, I would love to hear these stories because I'm sure I'm sure they gotta be like unintentionally hilarious. Mm. But not as funny as t- Todd Penton comparing Bigelow LT to Ollie, Frazier and Tyson Spinks.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's um, that's, a, that's one way to put it. it's, it's more like Ollie and Noki. <laughs> It's... Even Ollie Burbick. <laughs>
1: it's it is it is hyperbole of the highest order to assume that is the case.
2: <laughs> Ollie, Ollie Fraser the Thriller in Manila.
1: <laughs> it's more it's the bigger and the... Wigan than the thriller in Manila.
2: <laughs> it's the Fartford in Hartford. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, they showed the handshake from the press conference, and but but not the random kiss that LT gave him afterwards. Shame, cause that was the highlight. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> also going to be at the event are going to be playing LT out Salt and Pepper, which is actually a pretty decent get for ninety-five. That's a big get for ninety-five. Yeah, because they're actual stars. So, Todd. I'm all happy to hear about Salt, Salt and Peppa and Todd starts singing What a Man. And I'm just...
1: Ugh. <laughs> and you switched off to the idea all of a sudden. Yeah, this,
2: this show makes you schizo. So it really does. So then we get a little video of Salt and Peppa at a recording session, rhapsodizing about how sexy Diesel and Razor and Brett all
1: are. I was hoping they'd go through the whole roster. And oh, <laughs> like, oh, hey, what about that Duke the Dump? going to be there. <laughs> I love how he looks like Rodney
0: Dangerfield.
1: <laughs> I'd go back to school with him. <laughs> I'll give him respect. <laughs> Can we
2: let Randy Savage go? He was so fine And then they cut him off immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, will Savage be...
2: Oh, don't forget to call for WrestleMania.
1: <laughs>
2: so... so- in the ultimate sign of 1995, after all of that, we hyped Bigelow LT. We hyped the all-pro teams, the million-dollar team. salt pep is going to be there. We mentioned all of this. And then Todd goes, but wait,
1: there's more. There's also a WWF title match. Oh, I'm glad that you were as angry as I was as how far down the totem pole the WWF championship match was.
2: I mean, I get that, that, that that's you know, second bill to an LT's big match, but don't give it the and more treatment.
1: No, no, that's wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, couldn't the click have done something about Todd? <laughs> I wonder whether he just wasn't on their radar.
2: Uh, maybe he was, he was just so pesky that it's figured. Ah, you know, he'll, he'll do himself in. <laughs> <laughs> So we get a video of Sean with Pam. Sean talking about how great he is. How he mentions I'm, I mean, I mean, you're hot too, but I mean, look at me. And Pam is all non-committal. Pam's brilliant here. Pamela Anderson here
1: is excellent.
2: I really valued this. I don't think she's acting, to you?
1: <laughs> I think it's all very. Was it Meltzer at this time who was going, Wow, well, she didn't show respect to the business and she didn't seem invested in it. And everyone's going, mate, that was the point. That was that was what she was doing! Like, she's acting like she doesn't want to be, be around Shawn Michaels because she doesn't want to be around Shawn Michaels.
2: It had, like, a Savage Liz vibe from the 80s when Savage was still a heel. And Liz was kind of just like... Uh, like, like like looking like shifting her eyes sideways, like...
1: Um, I think Pam is better in that role than Liz was. Because Pam's an actress, for one. And there's okay, just now when enough you... subtlety.
2: Okay, with all due respect to Pamela Anderson, when you say actress...
1: She was an actress.
2: Well, okay, nominally. But have you seen Barb Wire?
1: Uh-huh. No She's one's, really for like no one's watching that for the acting.
2: That's like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. <laughs>
1: hey, look, she ain't winning an Academy Award. But in this in this small role here, I thought she was excellent. Like, just looking fed oh, yeah. up. It was brilliant.
2: Yeah, she did what she was supposed to do here. In and, she...
1: and this is where, like, the celebrity thing. I know we're annoyed about it and the placement of it. And reeling off, hey, this guy from Home Improvements is there, and there's Totora looking for The Undertaker, and oh, there's this, and there's this person, and the All Pro team. I thought the biggest celebrity moment on this show was having Shaw Michaels with his arm around Pamela Anderson. Like, that's the biggest celebrity endorsement going on here.
2: Well, Pam Harrison was Pam Harrison in '95. Mm,
1: she was international as well. Like here, like in the UK, I, again, I wasn't watching wrestling at this point, but I would imagine there'd been people drawn to that because over here in the UK, Lawrence Taylor wasn't a massive name.
2: No one's watching him run down a beach.
1: No, no, no. In in the UK, they're barely watching him run down a pitch because there's just there wasn't that following for. But I get it. It's but it'd be the same as. It'd be the same as doing SummerSlam headline by Wade Barrett versus Wayne Rooney. Like, it doesn't mean anything to such a wide scope of the audience. But to those who get <laughs> it, they're in.
2: Tell JBL that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> WrestleMania, Denny. I've
2: heard JBL mention Wayne Rooney more than I've heard his name mentioned on SportsCenter. <laughs> it's, the one, it's
1: the one soccer player he knows. So he's just going to keep pushing the point. Pay who? <laughs> Never heard <laughs> of him.
2: <laughs> so we get tigre versus bundy mentioned here and then in a true kiss of death bob back will be facing the legendary Bret hart oh no one of the all-time greats if brett looks up with his hat on are those buzzards circling overhead
0: <laughs>
2: todd informs us that brett would never quit make a note of that noted Intercontinental title, Jeff Jarrett versus Razor Ramon. Tag titles, this is the first mention we've had of this match. The Smoking Guns versus Owen Hart and a mystery partner.
1: Ooh, I wonder who it could be. It can't be Yokozuna because he's been stolen. That's right. (laughs) If found, please return
2: (laughs) to. It's like how Carmen Sandiego would would steal landmarks. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Listen, if you can steal Machu Picchu, you can steal Yokozuna.
1: <laughs> oh, the Mona Lisa leading Tarapisa. Yokozuna, Timbuktu, can you help us find <laughs> What has come and done with Yoko? <laughs> 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 I've got this image of Totoro finally finding the, the castle where Yoko is, and only to be gre- greeted by Toad saying, Thanks for saving me, but Yokozuna is in another castle.
2: <laughs> Poor tourist for all the time, jumping on turtles for nothing. <laughs> so, in mentioning the guns versus Owen and the mystery partner, we get footage of men on the mission's treachery Ooh. of the smoking guns. So, you, it's like, but they're not in the match here. So why are we tying all this in together?
1: Just getting it away, aren't we? Just a bit of, just a bit of vital info. They're just... They're just getting in there. I, I guess whether they're saying that all oh, the smoking guns might go into WrestleMania injured.
2: I suppose that could be a, a way to put it.
1: How do you feel about the men Plus, on the mission heel turn? I'm,
2: I'm okay with it. As, as long as you don't make Mabel the King or anything.
1: No, that'd be stupid.
2: I know. But Eli and Jacob Blue versus the new team of the Allied Powers. Lex <laughs> Luger and Davy Boy Smith, who Todd call, calls extremely popular.
0: <laughs>
2: you know it's funny because in one of the recent observers Meltzer put what he believed the original card was supposed to be and I I, I gotta say it, it's a much better looking Wrestlemania if they, if they did it that way so you got LT Bigelow you got Sean Diesel, Brett Backlund Taker Bundy and Razor Jared that's all unchanged in addition you get Owen versus Davey Boy you get Luger vs. Tatanka in that strap match they discussed guns versus mental Emission for the tag titles which would have made sense and blaze versus the connor for the women's title nine matches not a bad looking show at all looking good but this is what they went with mm. now after running down that seven match lot of mediocrity todd says you're probably saying to yourself this is going to be the greatest night ever
1: <laughs> todd mate we ain't saying that <laughs>
2: <laughs> Todd does not know the audience
1: <laughs> Todd has not read the room properly I mean I, I love Todd right because no he, you don't. Okay, I don't but okay. he, he gets such a, a rap on here because he is a cheese ball and he is a bit cringy he's a bit like Tom Campbell from Cultaholic but the thing is <laughs> he is he's is trying so hard to sell snow to the Eskimos at this point because it's,
2: mm.
1: and I applaud his efforts. To be fair, I, I understand. It's, I just I, I, which is why I hate. I I don't hate him because I, I don't hate anyone. Hates a strong word. This is, I, there's no one on planet Earth I hate. Um, but i I go I go hot and cold with him. I go hot and cold with him. And this time, it's not his fault that WrestleMania is what it is. He's just doing what he's told to do, and he's doing it to the best of his ability. He's also got to shave the mullet because that's ridiculous.
2: You know, you you keep putting over his um his wit, and it, it, it's like I I want to strap you to a chair and make you listen to his WPLJ phone scams for like a, for like an hour, Clockwork Orange style.
0: <laughs>
2: you you will learn to hate
1: Todd. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair.
2: It's just the fake names he uses, and it's like,
1: who's buying this?
2: <laughs> so. We run through the celebrity roll call one more time because that's the most important part of the show. Yep, and that's WrestleMania 11 in a nutshell.
1: I'm Jerry...
2: <laughs> Oh, just... it'll be a doozy.
1: Well, don't forget that we've got two more episodes of the Cult of Classic War review after this one, and then we wrap up for the year. Something announcement based on that coming soon. But when we what? start back in 2021, straight out of the blocks a Wrestlemania 21, a Wrestlemania 11, not 21, that's madness, a <laughs> Wrestlemania 11 watch-along with Justin Henry and myself.
2: It's like setting a fire in front of the gate at, at Churchill Downs and opening it gets all the horses run out right into the fire.
1: <laughs> that's pretty much what we're doing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they're all full, my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Humanity.
2: So Jerry Lawler comes out. He has Nakano with him. What a combination!
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see Nakano in the mix here.
2: <laughs> well, enjoy your while you can. Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler is your TV main event. All told, this is actually not a bad idea for a main event because it actually features two names, two people who hate each other.
1: There's a story behind
2: it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant there's like a story behind why this is the main event.
1: Like, no, no, no. Oh, well, there's a story behind the fact that there's, there's these two guys are fighting in the main event. Normally, the last match on Raw tends to be, oh, here's so-and-so beating up an enhancement guy. We're out of time. Good night, everybody. There's actually a reason for this main event.
2: Yeah, you tuned in for this match. Exactly. Quite a pop for Brett when he comes out, too, because he is the hitman. He's still a major star. Lolar attacks him before the bell, thus depriving some kid of sunglasses. What a heel. Of course, Brett goes on the kick his ass pretty early. Cornette keeps har- harping about Bull Nakano being out there. Like, it proves the Japanese are on Lawler's side. Corn- I usually love Cornette as an announcer. He hit this one really hard over and over and it's over a, and over. He was a
1: bit thick, wasn't he, on this one? He laid it on a bit thick.
2: A, a little bit. And
1: Vince it's... wasn't that massively defensive of it either.
2: No, it's uh, it's like, okay, we we get it. The the Japanese supposedly hate Brett because three of them do. So... We see Backlund watching from the crowd deep in the recesses, because that's Brett's mania pony. He's got to scout him. Brett gets the inverted atomic drop, which, he calls, which Vince calls a reverse pile drive.
1: Oh, for God's sake, Vince.
2: And then here's Hakushi and Shinja watching from the aisle way. It's like a Russo-era match, where everybody's just watching from different places.
1: Everybody's on the... It's, a, it's, a sellout, it's because it's a sellout at the monitor. Mm-hmm. So they all have to find other places to watch it.
2: Like, you probably figure they won't be seen because it's so foggy in the arena.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so a distraction leads to Lawler taking over. A distraction that actually works and doesn't lead to a finish. Lawler gets a running bulldog, which I've never seen him do before or since.
1: <laughs> I liked it.
2: Yeah, Lawler can actually do moves when he does
1: them. He, t- he tends to... St- you know, to, to move away from them. But uh, more often than not, when he does have a little wrestle at this time, he's quite good. Yeah,
2: Lawler's not bad. Not at all. We learned a to harvest once a return match with Jarrett. We'll see where that goes in a moment. Lawler gets actually a, a nice delayed suplex. Lawler is wrestling the hitman here and doing, doing a mighty fine job of it. But a double axe handle fails. Brett takes over, shows him how to do a, a real running bulldog. And then Bull gets involved on the outside. I got to say, after watching her be this monster heel for the women's division, it is weird watching her beg off.
1: Mm, I, I thought that I didn't want her to beg off from this. I I like the, the I like the visuals so much of Bret Hart and Bull Nakano that I've made it the album art for the podcast this week. Like there is something about Bull Nakano. I feel like in a different timeline in a different multiverse like she could have got in there with wrestlers from the 90s with male wrestlers from the 90s and and had some belters brett versus Bull nakano now i know that, that might not be something that jumps out to you as a thing but open your eye open your mind really wide on that Bull nakano versus brett hart
2: i could see that but yeah one thing you one thing you do realize though is just how small boys next to male wrestlers like I, I mean, yeah, she you know she towers over a lundra Blaze and obviously has the weight advantage, but then you put her next to someone like Brett and she looks like, kind of ordinary.
1: Mm. It is true. Yeah, but still, mm. I like like there's still like an intimidation about her that I think could have could well, have worked. She,
2: I mean, China was kind of the same way. You know, you put her next to help her next to Terry Runnels and it's like Sid versus Sean. Yeah. But then you put her, but then you put her with Hunter and Sean and even though she is quite muscular, she she looks pretty normal next to them. So she throws a kick but misses and hits Lawler. Crowd loves that. Lawler managed to crawl back in, but Nakano while laying on the floor. Manages to hook Brett's foot so he can't get back in. Lawler wins via count out. Oh, for God's sake. So a cheapo finish. But then Brett chases Nakano up the aisle and she hides behind Hakushi and Shinja and mockingly waves at Brett.
0: <laughs> which
2: does which does not seem like her character at all, but I found it to be quite endearing. It was quite cute, wasn't it? <laughs> it was cornet cornet here gets the line of the night when he complained about brett being you know like a poor sport he says here he's trying to She's a, a mere 250 pound woman
1: a <laughs> mere made it perfect yeah that was nice i have a question yes sir why are we protecting jerry lawler like he's about to become the wwf pig in champion
2: well, because in a few months' time, Brett's going to be facing Lawler in a higher stakes match, and we have to keep—we don't want to have Brett beat him just yet.
1: But I feel like Lawler never loses ever.
2: He will. He will. Right. He will.
1: All right. As long as he doesn't like retaliate with a with a dentist or something, that's fine.
2: All right. What are the odds that that's going to happen? I know, Come
1: on! Now. I know. I, as I was saying it, I felt silly.
2: So Brett's beating Lawler up, and, Co- and, Cor-
1: and Vince questions
2: Cornette's mere 250-pound woman in line, and Cornette Cor- goes, "She can't weigh a shade over 255." <laughs>
0: it's
2: pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so on next week's show, we'll Razor we will face Henry Godwin, and what should be a fun little house match. Mongo is going to be here. We know what the real main event is. Yes, Let's not bury yes, the yes, lead. Yes, 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 yes. Smoking Guns face the Heavenly Bodies in a tag title match. I assume the winners face Owen and his mystery partner. Meanwhile, Vince is now interviewing Jeff Jarrett and Barry Horowitz at ringside, because Jarrett offers Horowitz a rematch, but this time for the championship. But before Bob Horowitz can sign it, Backman shows up and puts puts Horowitz in a chicken wing for reasons. Jarrett's happy about this, but then Bob signs the contract for himself. (laughs) Backlund makes this great crazed face and Jarrett's like, what are you doing? What are you... And, and, he, and then he just
1: walks away. Jarrett's beside himself and Vince is happy about this, about this development. Because it means we get Backlund and Jarrett. So why are we excited? Because Backlund's going to beat Jarrett. But why are we excited? I think, I only think we're excited because Jeff Jarrett is upset. I think, I, I think Vince so. McMahon is, is the, an advocate for schadenfreude.
2: <laughs> it's a good word. It seems there's no English equivalent to it. A... <laughs> I
1: know I know. Talk about this on a new episode of Desert Island Graps with Bad Bones, John Klinger. You can hear that on Wednesday. We talk about the word Nice. That's genuine that's, that's a, a genuine organic cross promote. Oh I'm <laughs> killing this broadcasted <laughs> luck.
2: It's like Backlund beat Harvest for like the money in the bank brief. Well, actually there's ninety-five terms, they didn't have a lot of money. He beat him for the he beat him for the coins in the jar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's got the coins in the jar. That'd be a, that'd be not sharp. as menacing as it. It's not as. Men- <laughs> it, it isn't <laughs> as menacing, but that is how wrestling works. It reminded me, on a on a more on a wider level. Do you remember when in in TNA Kurt Angle and Karen Jarrett Karen Angle were renewing their wedding vows? Okay. This happened in TNA. they were renewing their wedding vows. But because AJ Styles jumped in front of Angle and said "I do" when Angle was about to say it, that for therefore, AJ Styles and Karen Angle were legally married.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, consider who he was booking at the time.
1: Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it's
2: definitely realistic. It is. It is.
1: Are you excited for Backlund versus Jarrett?
2: No, not oh. in the slightest.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, mate. <laughs> No, it's a thing. It's happening. Sounds very dull. <laughs> so Are that's you excited it. for it? I am. I'm off the wall for it. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting development ahead of WrestleMania. Like to have like two baby faces, or two heels fighting for a mm-hmm. belt. It's never, it's always a tough sell that. But it's, it's certainly intriguing. I'm certainly intrigued as to how the match will play out.
2: Kind of just a random thing to throw in there. Like it's, why now?
1: It it is very random. It is very random. Unless it's adding that Jeopardy for WrestleMania. Like could Backlund go into the match with Brett as the IC champion? But then even so, like, it seems wrong for Brett and Backlund to fight over the IC belt. I mean about four months ago they were fighting for the world title. It seems like a weird one.
2: Well it is what it is, and WrestleMania can't get here soon enough, although I don't want it to get here. I don't know who the hell would. <laughs>
1: Either way, that is raw for this week. Did you have
2: that? Time? Is indeed raw. Ah, it was alright. Brett Lawler was fine. Making making something out of Horror was fine. There was no pointless squashes on this show, which is actually you know a bonus.
1: Two thirds of the matches were ended by countout, though.
2: That's true. You got to protect uh you line Jacob Blue, obviously.
1: You got to keep the Lawler and the Blues strong, <laughs> just in case.
2: You never know. I mean, we need all the strong wrestlers we can get at this point. Oh,
1: we really, really do. Really do. So that is Raw for this week. We're back next week. Two more to go for the 2020. And then we're all taking a break. And next week, I'll have some details for you about a little thing that Justin, Matthew, Greg, and myself are putting on for you to fill the gap left in your ears by the classic Raw and SmackDown reviews over the festive period.
2: Should be a lot of fun.
1: Oh, bags of fun, mate. Until we next speak. He is at JRH Writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. We are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Ernie Ladd saying, Furthermore, would have lit my world on fire. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore. Oh, that's, oh that's, that does things to me.